Okay, now, back to the actual story. What were we doing two weeks, three weeks ago, Tinsian, when we were, uh, we decided to take a summer break. So, Dungeon Master, I have no idea. Uh, we were, Florian was coming with us, and that's all I know. So how would you give a little backstory for the people that haven't played with us before? And, uh, let's go. Now I can't hear you. <laughs> for serious. For now. serious, yes. Now. Don't mute yourself. You're going to give me a heart attack. Go. <laughs> Sorry, I even gave myself a heart attack. I was about ready to throw this Kirby doll. Um, it's not even a Kirby doll. I don't know what the heck it's. Kirby? Whatever. Chibi? Chibi, thank you. Um, okay, so, a month ago, we recorded an episode. You haven't heard it yet because, well, it's still in a kitty. It'll be coming out at some point in time. Because I'm lazy. I'll get there. It is part seven of the Kalish Tar series. This is our, actually our longest-running series to date. And Carl had some resolution because we were able to get him pissed off enough that he helped out and uh, kind of really freaked people out for a bit before deciding that, um, well, actually, he is kind of a nice guy and, well, the Kalish Tar no longer hold anything for him in terms of helping him out. So Carl kind of wants to join the party and go along and see the world because, well... Genesee's pretty badass, and so forth. I am badass, but my character Zenatari is also badass. Yep. So, um, as far as dice rolls, no, we we kind of do like a modified house system here, so it's more the improv storytelling than it is an actual dice fest. So, you it's going to take a bit. Yeah, occasionally we'll roll it, but if you're going to be a rules um, rules lawyer, not the place for you to be. For me to screw around and make up stuff and have them roll for it. But we do respect the uh, the critical fails and the critical successes. So, um, the party is, at the moment, gearing up to leave the Kyle Star homeland. They're probably standing back where they started at the opening to the canyon. And... Um, so far it appears that Carl is not going to get arrested or sniped at from one of the bluffs. And, um, yeah. So, kind of a long catch-up to an episode that should come out soon that everyone should probably enjoy because it really kind of shows a different side of Carl and gives some good character information to him. Sanitari, now that you have been... Um, back home, dropped off your memories. You felt them starting to propagate out into the Hive Collective memory. How do you feel about being home and looking forward uh, to the road ahead? Where's your mindset kind of at? Well, you remember Zenatari came here to basically offload all those memories, make sure the Kalashtar had their group, you know, allotted, given, uh, I guess you'd say almost like a tariff, of her and her adventures. So I think there's probably a sense of relief because at this point she can be as reckless as she wants to. She doesn't have to be concerned about the entire history of her race being preserved. She can just go out and and adventure, Um, but not perhaps as welcome as she wanted to feel. You know, this was her home when she was younger and left for a time to adventure, but I guess suspected that she'd come back here and make a life at some point. But now she doesn't really fit in anymore. Everyone here is like fairly, you know, used to their own tasks. And even though they have like some, like group, you know, history of exciting tasks, her life's been pretty chaotic since she left. And I don't think she feels like you know, being 
I don't know, being a war priest that perhaps she fits in with the simple life of, of kind of meditation and trying to improve themselves at the Kalishtar. So she's eager to leave, um, probably a bit leery of, uh, of, um, I don't know, of staying much longer. Okay. Since we have some new people in here, do you want to give a brief rundown as to who Xanatari is or what your class is? Anything that you want to make comments? Um, yeah, Xanatari is a Kalishtar war priest. Um, she left this city, which is one of the few left of the race of the Kalishtar, uh, a while ago to go out and try to defeat the Dreaming Dark, which is their version of like bad or darkness, etc. And uh, in the midst of that, ended up kind of serving a unnamed god, which we have not named in the game, uh, acquiring a holy symbol, fighting, uh, I don't know, what. how many gods did we fight? Like, several. You've, you've had uh, at least two so far. At least two. Um, and several campaigns, etc. And ended up being more of a, less of a, um, I'd say, lawful good than she started. She's mm-hmm. like almost chaotic good at this point. So uh, a bit of a change there in personality and, you know, um, not quite as uptight as she used to be. Uh, more uh, comfortable with, with killing people, I guess you'd say. And after 150-something episodes that we've been doing, um, definitely one of the most progressive characters in terms of developing for, you know, change over time. <laughs> the stick got unlodged up her ass. Or the lightning rod, which got wedged up somebody <laughs> no, else's. That was not my fault. I'm going to keep telling you that was not my fault. He had metal in his mouth. It just happened to be a storm. It wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Cesar, if you want to give a little brief whatever about yourself and then continue on for what your thoughts are for leaving the city. Sure, 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 sure. So, uh, Cesar, he's a 72-year-old man. He uh, uh, came into this uh, party actually quite a while ago at this point, uh, sort of out of nowhere, it would seem. He spent uh, the majority of his life, in fact, every moment up until joining this party, as uh, part of the, uh, the slaves of the undead uh, armies of Thay, which is uh, another uh, s- state uh, elsewhere in this, uh, this uh, world that we're in. We haven't really encountered them in-game. Uh, he... Uh, is uh, an artificer. He works with machines and uh, you know tinkers with things. Uh, does a lot with clockwork and you know infuses them with magic and sort of gets uh, different constructs to do his bidding. And that's sort of how he managed his escape. Uh, it's a, a long story, but uh, look in the archives for the specifics. And he uh, sort of uh, teleported randomly and found his way uh, in uh, in with this group and has has been sort of. Uh, Acting as support ever since, he's not definitely not a a leading type. Uh, he's not uh, out to uh, be a hero by uh, you know as a as a direct goal. He's uh, got his self in mind, uh, having you know spent most of his life working for others. He's uh, looking out for number one for once. So he finds that this uh, this group provides that you know quite a bit often. So he may not be the most honest sometimes. Don't tell anybody else in the party. Uh, Though he's not, you know, he's not evil or anything like that. He just uh, is a bit selfish. And uh, that's sort of him in a nutshell. Okay. How do you feel about getting out of the Kalashtar homeland? I know this has been a difficult trip for you. Um, Cesar's um, 
you know, it's been sort of along for the ride. It's been kind of quiet, really, in, uh, mostly. There was the odd, uh, you know, run-in with the uh, weird demonic inn that, that came alive. But other than that, it's been pretty uh, quiet. It's been, uh, you know, he's been sort of following along as Xanatari uh, uh, and Carol figure out what's going on in their heads and do things up in there with their brains. So, um he hasn't really found too much here to, to keep him here, so he wouldn't mind uh, moving on at this point. Okay. And uh, Carl is played by Florian, who's actually a guest of the show that's kind of wound up. We've kind of, we like him and we've kept him on so far for a lot many more episodes in this series than we thought we were going to. And um, he joins us from Germany in a very weird hour. So, Carl, do you want to give us just a very brief quick little synopsis of you and then what's your feelings because you know here you are also um you're not tossed out of the city by any means but for the for once you're actually allowed to walk out the door without a boot up your ass okay i'll try to keep it short carl is a half orc uh just um at the end of his uh, adolescence or early adulthood and he um grew up in a very secluded um, environment just with his parents at sometimes left because his parents wanted him to and there also was some strange phenom- phenomenon sorry it's really late <laughs> surrounding him that he'd like to figure out and uh, for this to happen he sought out a college tower because uh, he was told that they are messing with people's heads and their own heads all the times and no, uh, he's very happy to have learned something about himself and uh, got some answers for his questions. And he's really excited to be uh, to be allowed to travel with Sanitary and Cesar because, um, sorry for an out-of-game comparison, but he's like a baseball fan that's allowed to play a game with Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth in one team. So <laughs> he's... <laughs> Really, really happy and excited. <laughs> okay. Um, just to follow up the closing little bits here for this opener, the party has been dealing with a large number of oddities within this world ever since they kind of came together by accident. And recently, uh, they have been doing a couple of quests that they're not in character very much aware of but they're on something called the path of the immortals and so far xanatari and cesar having just completed the whole thing in the kalosh tar uh have unlocked the second level we will get to that shortly what that means carl just i think as far as uh your placement in this you're not even on the path but maybe you know with with how things are are going there is a chance that you could get on there, especially with this party. So, uh, Cesar, with your mechanical squirrel, and Xanatari, do you have the dumb horse, or are you on something else now? Uh, no, Clyde. Clyde the Clydesdale, so creatively named. Okay. And, Carl, what do you want to ride? Well, in his uh, lives, absolutely for um, current never really had the chance to learn to ride something, but uh, he's very, very fast and has a high endurance, so 
he'll propose to Jock along, I think. <laughs> okay. All right. So you have um, the uh, slow-running trap that will, uh, well, for anything that falls into a trap, Carl will do that. If there are any uh, pumas or other things that are encountered along the way, they will go for the low-hanging fruit. So, Carl, if I scream like puma at you, uh, who? I said it sounds like thorn. Who? <laughs> right. All right. So, um, where do you guys want to go? Are you heading back to Winterhaven, the crazy, crazy place where the dark elves are? Or do you want to strike out in some random direction? Zamatari would turn to Caesar and say, Caesar, are you still interested in that dragon, or do you want to check out something different? Am I muted? No, I'm not muted. Hello. Um, well, uh, I'm not too familiar with what else is, is around here, having spent the majority of my life on a completely other side of the world. Uh, it's been... You are basically familiar with the areas I'm familiar with, so... I'm not against setting out somewhere new. I'm just not sure, uh, you know, what what that means. It would be extremely random on my end. This is the first time that we haven't had to save any gigantic village, or there's no, like, life and death scenario. There's no quest. No one's, like, insisting that we, you know, rescue anyone. It's an amazing uh, you know, moment. I think we should savor this and decide what we want to do. That's, like, the first time in two years we've had to do that. All right. We could, you know, build a fire and actually sit. Oh, I can do this. I can do this. Carl goes. I know how to make a fire. fire. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Suddenly, you know, suddenly you guys are like, wow, we got nothing going on. And Carl's like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Carl, um, we were looking at these new forms of clover and we were thinking about how to distill them. How would you go pick like 500 in that uh, field over there? Oh, I can do this. No problem. <laughs> do you want to make some clover schnapps? I can make this. I've done so. It's delicious. Wow. Impressive. And nothing happens when I drink it. I do not regret bringing Carl along. By the way, cheers for the uh, Hidalgo uh, sherry. Thank you. All right. So what do you guys want to do? You know, I don't make up any of this stuff ahead of time. Right. Well, Although how about we month. just leave, like, into the forest and see what happens? Okay. Same way that you came back? Or came in? Well, no, that would be boring. Well, I mean, last time we... Did, did we not leave a stable where a bunch of people were killed and there was, like, yep. uh, a guy ahead of us and we chased him and then just decided we didn't care anymore when we got to the Kalashtar, right? Well, no, the I reason you that. didn't care before is because uh, Florian at that time had a very limited schedule, so we had to jump ahead. So we're going to actually have to go back and do an episode or two with what that should have happened. So we do care now, so we should try to track him or something? Well, you don't know what happened to him. Do you, did you kill him, or did you... Well, I think we would like to discover why he was attacking people in the inn and like trying to stab them through floors. Right? I mean, I don't know. Cesar, do you remember how we felt about that? Um, I seem to remember Cesar kind of falling asleep or something, <laughs> yeah. and then teleporting to uh, the Kalashtar city. That's what I remember. It had something to do with those damn druids that you uh, wiped out. Okay. I, But I don't, I, I don't remember... I don't, I don't think it's that I don't remember. I think it's that I either wasn't there 
or it wasn't explained. Mm, you remember, were... um, Eric left, like, the episode before we got to the Kalashtar, and we just had him fall asleep on his horse and follow me into the Kalashtar. What, so... what I remember as a player is that we were in the inn, and the bewitched uh, rodents tried to kill people and steal things, mm-hmm. and we kind of discovered that, and we found the paint that was, like, um, for the forged symbol of the druids, is that right? Yep. Of the druids? Mm-hmm. On the door, yep. and we tracked it to the stable. Which and, burned down. And then we saw someone riding away, yep. and we chased them. Yep. And then That's it. Someone, someone came up behind us, yep. but it was someone that was almost dead, Yep. and they said something. Did what? I write it down? He said, the thing you seek is not human, Yep. said the rider that came up from behind us and then died horribly. That's yes. what I have written down. <laughs> yes. Which we were going to continue on as part of the story arc, but whatever has happened has already been resolved because you guys did that. We just haven't recorded the episodes for that because Florian had to come in as a guest spot, so we kind of moved that ahead. Oh. Zarentai runs the roll perception. Okay. I got a natural 20, and that's plus 12, so that's 32. Do you, you do indeed see. I see things. I see things in the forest um, that, like, a movement off in the distance, and I don't know what it is. There's, like, a strange something moving through the bushes. Okay. Um... Scissor, what do your elf eyes see? <laughs> My what? <clears throat> I'm sorry. Okay, so what are you looking for, then? Um, I'm looking at the movement. I don't know. I'm like an animal that notices things that move. Okay. There appears to be a uh, large form that is dragging something through the woods. Large form dragging something through the woods. Okay. Hmm? Okay. Oh, and by the way, off in the distance, just over the horizon, let's presume that you have actually ridden for at least an hour, over the tops of the trees, you start to see the um, airship start to lift off that you've seen a couple of times. This one, however, is a much smaller version. Mm-hmm. Like it's only like a one a or two person. Like an orc zeppelin. Um, this is the one that you've seen a whole bunch of times, or at least as we've seen a couple of times. Hmm? Near the dragon? Where do we see this? Near the dragon. You've seen it back in the Orcus days. Um, you got your uh, direwolf. Oh, that thing. That's what yes. you're calling Zeppelin. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the airship. Oh, shoot. Where is uh, Winter? Um, I would presume by your side, if not possibly mauling Carl for being <laughs> slow prey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, run faster than my direwolf! <laughs> Hurry! <laughs> By the way, um, Winter is uh, quite large now. Good. Can I like ride him anytime soon because Clyde's cumbersome? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, maybe next round or next okay. time. Okay. So, there is something that is um, dragging something else around the, uh, just inside the perimeter of the woods as you come up to it. Sighs. 
I looks at the party, looks at the forest, looks at the party. Harold would point in the direction of the, the animal and uh, mouth under his breath. Sh- sh- shall I go check it out? Maybe someone needs help. You go first. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sounds sounds like a good plan. Go on. <laughs> Send okay. in the half horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Carl? So, yeah, he'll... Well, he's not really good at sneaking, but he'll try to do so. <laughs> and... Um, walk in the direction, uh, looking over his shoulder part a few times to see that uh, Centauri and Cesar are still there. And uh, I should probably roll stealth at this point. Oh, I can't wait. By the way, there is very little cover between you and the forest, so (laughs) it may come down to your choice of jaunty or non-jaunty walks. Hmm. Well, if there's not too many cover, I don't think he would go for stealth, so he would just, um... <laughs> Come on, I want to see cautiously. you pretend like you did against the wall. No one sees me! No one sees me! <laughs> oh, he would just uh, cautiously walk uh, until he sees what's going on, and but he's prepared to uh, turn on his heel and run if something goes after him. Okay. All right, uh, Carl, what you see as you start to approach um, whatever is coming from the inside of the woods out into the open, you first see a bunch of um, the undergrowth rustling and two hands, just slightly larger than human size, maybe ogre-sized hands that are disembodied. Sorry, you know, they're not part of the body. But they are running up on their fingers, sort of like, uh, what is it, it from Cousin It? Yeah, from Adam's family. But um, they are running towards the party. One of them has a uh, blade that is taped to it, a knife that is taped to it, to the top of it. (laughs) Sort of like like a... Warhead stuff. Well, kind of how, how how it looks is with the hand, it looks like with this, it'd be a scorpion. So it would come okay. up and try to... Okay, this point, Carol would turn his heel and run to pots as, as in Centauri, maybe even screaming. Okay. <laughs> maybe? Probably. Cesar, as you're uh, watching this happen, you hear a somewhat uh, metallic creaking sound, and then the sound of something being ripped out of the earth from within... The woods. Okay. How loud does it sound? Uh, pretty loud. It's definitely got your attention. Like someone either just grabbed something, ripped it out, or snapped it. A lot of power. Any sense of like how big whatever it is is? Probably about ten feet tall. And how far back in? Um, if. It wasn't quite so dense at the opening of the forest. It would probably be just inside. Hmm. Okay. Um, is is it is it hard to see just because of the foliage, or is it too dark? Or it's kind of dark foliage, and 
And Xanatari, based on your natural 20, you have seen these hands before. <coughs> that sounds disturbing on so many levels. Yep. Back when you guys were undead, were, there was a skeleton that uh, oh, okay. had some issues. Yes. You have seen these hands before. Okay, and that so is, these that are is under not 20. flesh-covered hands. Um, these look like they possibly are wearing these ogre hands as suits of armor. Eckert suits? Hmm? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep that information to myself right now. Okay. But you can smell the necromancy. You know, <laughs> you can feel that at, 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 a, at a distance that there is some, um, bad juju okay. with these hands. This, this is making that kind of disturbance as far as some hands. No. The hands have run out and are running towards you. There's something in the forest that has just done something, and I'm waiting for you guys to finish your turn before it executes what it's going to do. Okay. It's not Carl? your turn right now, so go ahead. Well, um, Cesar's finishing up. Right, so these uh, hands, are are they, you said they're running at us, basically? Yes. Okay. Um, can I try to shoot one? Sure. I'm gonna to try to shoot one. These are at a pretty good range to you still, but you know you've you've done stuff like this before. Twenty-eight versus AC. Hit. What are you gonna do with it? Just a standard aggravating force. One D six. What is it? D six. Roll a D six. Those are not D six. Come on. I haven't rolled D6 in forever. We've only been rolling 20s for a long time. My apologies for the coughing. Um, I've been sick for a while. Okay. 13 damage. And the next ally to attack the target gets a plus 2 power bonus to their attack roll. Okay. Um, You essentially flay one of the fingers... And kind of cleave it in two, so there's a shorter skeletal um, finger, because it's like wearing it as sort of a glove, as armor or whatever, that is revealed and kind of drags that flayed finger bit behind it as it does it. But you definitely hit it and seem to do some stuff. Carl, you are running, correct? Uh, Yes, until he he reaches uh, Centauri and Cesar. Okay. Sanitary. Completely shocked by the fact that there would be a skeleton inside a hand. Sanitary pulls her sword. And, uh... Sarcasm, FYI. And I guess she saw Cesar shoot it, and it didn't seem to do anything. Um, And you said that this smells like necromancy. So... Something something where normally your sense that your deity is watching over you or something that's happened in the past. In yeah. this case, you seem to be very acutely aware that this is a, uh, a high mag- magical effect at work here. Okay, well, because this is just, like, I want to call it almost like a minor enemy, because there's something still in the bushes that disturbs her. She's going to do an at-will standard, which is Blessing of Wrath. So I'm going to roll versus AC. Um, there's two hands, so I'm just going to pick the one that's targeted so I can get his plus two power bonus. 
Oh, uh, yeah, it's like 31 versus AC. I don't know what they are. Yep. Oh, and you hit. Uh, 10 damage. Okay. I get plus 2, or is that just in the to hit? Mm, in this case, we'll do it all. Just Why not? It's been a while. Um, myself or one ally within five squares gains a power bonus to his or her next damage roll against the target before the end of my next turn. So I'm going to give that to Florian. Um, it, the bonus equals my plus three con modifier. Okay. Very good. That was a divine, um, also, just in case it matters. Okay, you have just blown two fingers off with it being a, a divine effect. Okay. You had sort of started to blast things. Um, okay. So, at the end of everyone's turn, from the woods, a rather large tree trunk, probably we're saying, I don't know, whatever that thickness is. I have no idea. Whatever. A uh, pretty good-sized tree trunk comes flying out of the woods as if propelled like a lance or javelin, and crushes into the untouched hand at this point. Okay? Hmm. And essentially uh, impales the hand and kind of smushes it into the ground. Whoa. Interesting. Cesar would take a step backwards at that. <laughs> and then five more. Okay. <laughs> All right. Carl. Well, seeing the uh, Centauri and Cesar uh, attack, he would also do, and uh, how far is the... how many fingers are left now? <laughs> Two, I guess? There's, there's, there's one hand one. that is active, and that is the one that Cesar and Zanatari have been picking away at. The other one got smushed and, and is not in play at the moment. How many fingers are left at the intact hand? There are uh, two major ones, and then there's a, a minor and then a thumb. Okay, so he would, uh, if it's close enough, he would try to um, basically pounce on it and smash it from above with his fist. <laughs> so basically okay. champing on it and uh, bringing his fist down on it. Okay. Go ahead and roll for your attack. It's an encounter power called Rainfall Stomp. It's plus 10 against... Oh, it's only a 4, so 14 against Fortitude. Okay. Um, if you describe this well enough and make it interesting to bring us back into the podcasting land, I will allow that to hit, because it sounds cool. <laughs> okay, so he... Uh, uh, jumps really high, higher than you would uh, someone imagine from <laughs> jumping from a stand, does a somersault, and then uh, MacGyver-style smashes the hand from above with both hands and bring it to the ground, maybe with an um, audible cracking of bones. Okay. So, in other words, you just gave it a high five. More like like a MacGyver high five. There's a famous okay. clip of him uh, doing that. <laughs> okay. Um, as you are about to connect with the hand, 
you notice that there is a large um, area of cold immediately about the creature. And if we do a 14 versus your fortitude. Then I would have to check. Wouldn't hit. Okay. Um, You are able to connect, but uh, you now have in-person knowledge of the cold field. Okay. Are you going to try and use any minor actions to escape from the area, or are you going to leave yourself in melee range? Mm. Did it look like he uh, crippled the hand? How much damage did you do? Oh, well, it's, um, <laughs> my first battle, so... Uh, <laughs> I, know, I love your old-school aspects. <laughs> the printouts. It's really nice. Okay, that was a rainfall stomp, and that's... 2d6 plus 5, and the 6s are here. Oh, that's uh, 10 points of... Battle plus the um, three across from Sanitary, mm-hmm. so 13. Okay. Uh, and I knocked the prone. What? And it says I knocked the target prone. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep, you, you smush it flat, and uh, it is just kind of this quivering mass of, of dead flesh, but you can hear something on the inside, like the fingers are trying to... Um, rip their way out the skeletal hand. Okay, so he would uh, remain there to stomp on the fingers as they come out. Okay. Cesar? Yes? Uh, You have started to back up. You see that Carl has uh, manned up, and Mm -hmm. you see that the other one has uh, barked up. Nice. Yep. Um... Any... Not a practice. Come on, it's been a month. <laughs> no, that was pretty much right on. Mm. Um, you see, uh, is there any uh, thing else? Any anything I'm sensing else from the forest? You swear you hear an engine. Engine. Okay. Um, you know what? Scissors going to kind of kinda like, kinda like a steam engine. Right. Scissor one seeing Florian man up and getting excited from hearing a steam engine, decides to man up himself, and, uh, uh, you know, with his crossbow ready and raised, um, takes a deep breath and uh, crashes into the forest towards the sound. Okay. Um, roll a perception check. I can do that. 20. Non-natural 20. You run in and realize that you have very little space before you're going to either need to stop or sidestep. Because you see something as you come bursting into the field of uh, undergrowth and whatever, the the initial trees. You see what appears to be another tree trunk uh, moving as if held. It's not swinging at you, but normally tree trunks don't move. And there's something that is coming your way. So you're going to run 
into it if not careful. Okay. Cesar will kind of like uh, squawk in surprise and uh, kind of roll, like dive roll to whichever side seems to be either left or right, you know, and forward, whichever seems to be the clearer path. Okay. Instinctually. You hear those outside, um, being Xanatari and Carl, you hear what sounds to you like a banshee wailing. All of a sudden, there's this brief, sharp sound. And, Cesar, to you, a steam whistle, sort of a train-style one, has just gone off as whatever this form is moves past and is heading out into the field. Like the way... Wait, which way? Towards... You you came in, it's heading... Yeah, it's heading okay, out... It's past, past me. Yeah. And okay. you just hear... Boom, boom, boom. Even in noticing that the ground is fairly soft, this thing must be pretty heavy if it's... Right. I mean, turning as quickly as he can, considering what he just did, he would want to at least try to get a glimpse of it, if not, you know, immediately follow back after it. Okay. Um, it is some sort of extremely large figure. Um, it is almost glowing red from whatever internal heat it has. Okay. But um, you realize as you're moving past it, you never felt any heat. It's something humanoid. And you see that sort of like a mutton chop style sideburn are grates like an, on an old potbelly stove right, right. At the doorway mm-hmm. and like in the like in the basement in the of the family in home alone yeah okay but there you can see like holes or something you know sparks are kind of shooting out of it and yeah. it has um a uh, tree trunk that it is starting to um extend in front of it sort of like it was going to be used as a lance so it's like a vaguely humanoid construct? Yes. It actually looks like one of your um, smaller creatures. Right. Your mechanical creatures. Mm-hmm. Just on an extremely bigger scale. How, how big is it? Like how tall, roughly? Ten, ten feet. Okay. Okay. And it is moving with purpose towards where we were hefting a tree trunk as essentially a lance or a spear or something. Yes. Okay. Uh, he will follow it. Okay. Uh, any reactions from Xanatari before we go to your turn to the, the sound coming from the woods? Mm, I think Xanatari would be distracted by the hands and the, the smashed, you know, and uh, any kind of like necromancy is going to get her attention. Uh, probably pay more attention to that than the sound. Although uh, seeing Scissor dash off kind of away from her would get her to look up quickly. Um, so no, I don't think she would react. She still uh, has her sword in her hand and is kind of looking around for the next uh, fight. But no, I don't think she's going to move quite yet. Okay. The hand that was speared, this is the one that has the, um, the dagger attached to it, you see suddenly the um, blade trying to hit the tree trunk to try and, you know, dislodge something or do it so that hand is still active. Okay, just trapped. 
Um, yes. Although you see the trunk starting to move like it's going to be. Okay. I'm going to go over to it and try to uh, basically crush it. You know, try to get it to be undead undead. Okay. As soon as possible. Um, Do you use any sort of caution on approach? It was trapped, no. I mean, I'm going to stay out of the range of its, its little knife, part of its scorpion tail. Um, but, I mean, I'll get close enough that I can, you know, hit it really hard with the sword. Within sword range. Okay. Uh, 23 versus your AC. Nope. 25 is my AC. Okay. As you start to approach, you hear a ripping sound, and using two of the fingers, it takes the blade and throws it at you. And thankfully, it is uh, glanced away by your armor. Are you yawning? Are you, like, shocked with concern about... uh, I'm screaming in pain and muted. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Sad (laughs) joke. Okay, well, uh, Zentri will just kind of, like, look at it disdainfully and continue to walk forward, uh, thinking thinking good thoughts about the inevitable smashing that's going to occur. Okay. Um... Go ahead and do what you want to do. Okay, I want to use my at-will melee basic, which I have to roll for here, versus AC. Uh, 29 versus AC. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm just trying to smash it, essentially. Okay. If you want to do something awesome, I'll give you more damage. Okay, uh, instead of using the blade of her sword, she's going to flip it around to Pommel, where we have this special, um, you know, modifications by Cesar. Definitely some wires, some heavy balancing bits with uh, the crystal on the end to uh, channel lightning, at, you know, a special, special channel for the lightning. And... Basically just wield it over her head, smashing it down in a hammer attack. You know, you've seen that. Going down on one knee to smash it all the way through, try to hitting the ground underneath through it. Okay. Um, something kind of trips within you, and I'm not trying to make a bad electrical joke here, but uh, as you do that, from not quite the clear, the clear day that it is, because it's not, it's a little overcast, there is a bolt of lightning that streaks from the sky, connects with your blade, and is channeled down into the creature. Okay. Zentri will look around, slightly guilty to left and right, and say, I didn't do it. However, what do you want the lightning to do? Uh, well, how far away is the blade that it threw at me? Hmm. 10, 15 feet. Okay. Is there anything... uh, We've got the tree trunk. We've got the Mm -hmm. hand with its flesh suit of orcish looking stuff. Is there any rings perhaps on the hand of this creature? There is actually. Okay. Then I'd like the lightning to make sure that it hits and reverberates through the metal, making sure that it, uh, you know, spreads throughout the entire thing, possibly, you know, cooking it or singeing it, at least getting rid of the skin, hopefully down to the bone. 
Okay. You know, it's not like a plastic Cracker Jack ring. Okay. Maybe, you... maybe they've discovered polymers in mm-hmm. Winter Haven. You have succeeded in that. And shortly after the damage is done, there follows a great peal of thunder from the sky. Okay. Yay, my god is pleased with the death and destruction of the evil. Okay. Uh, Carl? You've only been away from the Kalashtar for less than a day now, and uh, interesting things are happening. You're attacking two um, hands without bodies that are evidently on some sort of killing spree. When from the woods bursts forth this very tall, kind of squat, fat uh, humanoid creature that is literally glowing as cherry red as some of the hearth fires that your mom used to um, let burn in the dead of winter at the hovel. We would stare at us uh, at, at the well, creature <laughs> uh, moment while still working uh, the hand beneath him with his fists and half please not so many at one time I'm still learning how to do this <laughs> and uh, I hope I'm not leaning out of the window too much but um, if there's a little let's say um, maybe a foot uh, thick uh, tree uh, beneath him you would wrap one arm around it, uh, chop it through with the, uh, the, uh, with the side of his hand, and um, use it uh, like a rolling pin on, a pin on the hand beneath him, cracking the bones. Okay. Very good. Okay, so you have dispatched that one. And the entire front part of um, this construct that you see in front of you is enveloped with this huge gout of steam and this incredible incredible whistle or scream that you heard um, before a couple seconds ago is uttered again. So... Carl would uh, look at us at it um, now quite frightened and yell to Cesar this isn't yours, isn't it? Is it? By the way, you are not in melee range with this thing. This thing is still, you know, a good round or two off from where you're currently at. Okay. Right, so he would still uh, yeah, shout to Cesar if it's one of his machinations or if this is a real threat. <laughs> okay. Cesar? Is, is, I don't, you know, based on the positioning and the noise this thing is making, is that audible? You would hear um, at least the, is this yours? All right. Cesar, I'm um, hearing that would say, uh, as he's running, I guess, behind it, say, uh, no, it's it's not mine, at, at least not that I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, not not me or past it's not doesn't belong to me or past me. Go ahead and roll an insight, Cesar. Insight. 
Inside. Can incite riot. We can incite some info. We can incite Six. by getting prescription glasses. Oh. oh. Sixteen. Um. There's a maker's mark on this thing, and not a depending. Hmm. A maker's mark. Yes. Sounds delicious. It does. Actually, right now, but I'm gonna have another swig of. Hidalgo brand sherry. Um, this this episode sponsored by. <laughs> if only that were true. I got a birch beer over on the other hand, so I'm all good. Um, the mark is yours. Uh oh. Or at least a component of it you see as yours. Mm-hmm. Okay, right on the butt. Wherever you want, wherever you want that cutie mark at, yo. <laughs> my little death toy, my little death toy. <laughs> okay. Um, he processes that uh, with the situation he is in. He doesn't feel the need to try to yell over everything and communicate that specifically. Uh, but that information may come into hand in handy, depending on what occurs when it reaches his comrades, and he'll still continue to follow after it. Okay. Um, do you have any sort of verbal or semantic commands that you've ever taught your creations? Um, Aside from get off my laundry, get off my laundry, get off my laundry, my No, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure up to this point it's all physical, um, actually manipulation of, of the the things that he creates and sends them off Mm -hmm. that way. So I don't, at least, I can't remember doing so, and I haven't really thought of that. So no, I would say no. Okay. Xanatari. Mm -hmm. Having seen this thing burst forth from the woods, Mm -hmm. having just done your epic death stroke, Mm -hmm. uh, commentary from the battle cleric. Uh, I think Xanatar's just gonna sigh. You know, can't we ever have a nice dinner? Just one night! Um, and, I mean, this thing doesn't... Has it threatened us? I mean, other than the fact that it's frightening and it's red and, like, steaming and making, like, train whistle noises, has it done anything, like... To try to attack us? It ostensibly threw a tree trunk in our direction. It happened to squash one of the hands. Do we know that it happened to squash the hand rather than, like, intentionally trying to squash the hand? We have no idea. It is holding the trunk currently as a club versus a spear, but no, it is not uh, directly gone and pointed at one of you and whatever. By the way, are you wearing your holy symbol? Of course. I mean, I have it with me. I'm not wearing it, like, visibly, but it's in my pocket. It is in your pocket. Do you have any markings upon your armor? I thought so. Didn't we say that future Xanatari had? Yes, but does current Xanatari have anything on her armor? Mm. No, I don't think we've had time to be fancy. <laughs> we haven't spent any money in a long time. Okay. Um... With the final echoes of the peal of thunder that has seemed to answer the challenge or commentary of the steam whistle, the construct, which you see, you know, large metallic, 
turns towards you, Xanatari, and lowers the club. Whoa. Followed by lowering itself to what appears to be its knees. <laughs> uh, so many inappropriate things that Xanatari could say right now. Uh, Pick one. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> she's going to go over like a slightly bit closer, not within range of the club. Okay. But uh, and just to kind of like get a better idea of what this is, like if it's alive or if it's a construct or, you know, and, and maybe even like greet it, you know. Um, I, I don't know. Like, hail strange creature in the forest. What are your intentions? Okay. Um, it is now probably in the kneeling position is probably about uh, six feet tall. So you're still at eye level. You can clearly see that there is no direct intelligence at play in terms of you're not seeing a face or anything else underneath it. But you do notice that the coals and uh, the colorings of the the heat around the armor is rapidly cooling off. Mm, In fact, you can almost hear um, water. You don't see it, but you just see a lot of steam start pouring out the back. And there is some sort of, with the steam, you see flaps on the back opening and closing in certain ways. Mm -hmm. It plays something similar in sound to what um, the organ at the Church of Bob. Oh, Acolyte Bob. Acolyte Bob, yep. By the way, when we name crap in this thing, it's all just random. I don't know. Whatever. It used to be based on business cards that were on one of the players' desks. So their names are always inappropriate and mundane in strange ways. Yep. But now they've just become ridiculous. We can't keep track of who they are anymore. So now they're Jim, Bob, James, Acolyte, somebody. Okay. But the um, song quickly kind of dies off, and there's this last little bit that's kind of this wheeze of air for a final note before the entire construct um, starts to not move at all. Mm, Okay, so no point in communicating further if it's turning itself off. Hmm. Carl, what would you like to do? You would uh, shout to uh, maybe go a little closer and shout to Cesar and Centauri it's not attacking us, so maybe it's a friend. And because he hasn't, uh, um, Construct hasn't reacted to Sanitari, he would uh, shout even louder than here, Hello, are you a friend? <laughs> Do you speak English? <laughs> or, sorry, German. German. <laughs> Speaking speak Deutsch. Okay. Do you do anything else other than shout at it? Uh, maybe uh, walk uh, um, closer to uh, Santari or uh, Cesar. I don't know um, how far they are apart, but uh, to one of them so that they aren't uh, too spread out uh, if something should, uh, should happen. Okay. Uh, Cesar. 
Yes. Your turn. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I didn't get the feeling it was going too fast. So he's probably basically caught up at this yep. point. I'm assuming. Yeah. All right. Um, and sees it sort of go inactive. He'll uh, he sort of uh, you know slow to a stop. Stand. Put his hands on his knees. Catch his breath for a while. <sighs> oh. Uh. Uh, hi. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then he'll uh, um, walk up to it and examine specifically that mark, the the cutie mm-hmm. mark. And uh, so as he is, it's his name, cutie. As he uh, as he looks at it, he'll uh, he'll say, uh, "I uh, I don't know that we have much to fear from this, as you looks like you've already uh, found out for yourselves." Uh, I believe that uh, I maybe was involved in the creation of this, if I if this mark here seems to indicate anything. By the way, after your commentary of fearing something, almost like a spring-loaded uh, action, the arm that had the uh, tree trunk catapults back and drives the tree trunk about a foot away from you, right into the ground, and you sort of see a, two skeletal fingers wiggling from underneath it. He'll uh, kind of pat it on the side and say, Ah! Good, <laughs> good, good boy! Good boy, cutie! Um, you notice that despite it once being it looking red hot, it is actually uh, very cold to the touch. Like, more cold than I would imagine it to be? Even if it weren't, hadn't been superheated, like cold, um, colder cold, than whatever cold these materials belly, cold would pot be. Cold belly stove. Okay, so just uh, forest temperature. Yep. Okay. You know, like it hadn't hadn't been fired, right. or there's some other magic going on, but but it's not chilled though. No. Okay. All right. Um, all three of you make a perception roll. A little better. Uh, 26. Okay. 17. Okay. 17 as well. Owing to Cesar's extreme skill, but also Xanatari's closeness, and Carl, well, I'm sorry, you're blind as a bat from a distance that you're currently at, um, you notice that there is a compartment where the belly would be. There's a compartment door. Right. Cesar will open it and potentially climb inside, <laughs> depending on what he finds when he opens it. He's okay. not shy at all about about opening this thing up. Anybody want to check for traps? <laughs> Cesar does not. Okay. Um, Cesar, as you open the uh, the chest, you get the feeling that there is some sort of resistance to you opening it. Do you wish to continue to open it? Uh, yeah, he'll put brace his feet and tug real hard. Okay. Um, inside, it looks like there is this mesh of uh, razor wire or very thin, thin filaments of glass that are set as mm-hmm. a razor wire type trap. Okay. Um, 
you're able to at least notice this before any major damage is done to yourself. Okay. But you're still going to take three points of damage. Okay. It's just occupational hazard, guys. It's all right. Foot maybe got close to the opening, you know, a toe. Who knows? Okay. But you do hear a snap, and you start to see the um, strands. Yeah. Or what may be one large strand under extreme tension. Yeah. Start to go whipping around. Anything okay. you'd like to do about that? A step backwards. That would be the first step. Beheaded okay. instantaneously. The, sec- the second step would be a- another step backwards. No, okay. um, just, I mean, you know, quickly get out of what seems to be its range, this whipping sharp thing. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, then once, you know, once he, once that occurs, just see if it seems to be just sort of, um, if that seems to be something that seems to, that, that it's going to be perpetuating or if it's going to stop and try to see if there's a, an in that he can get or, you know, send Carl in to stop it, something like that. Okay. So with that wonderful part, you still manage to take, um, six points of damage from the various whips and cracks that, uh, before you were able to get fully away. But you are able to clear um, the area without losing anything or being a hindrance to your lady's actions. In <laughs> now that would be a crying shame to take Cesar out of the game of inns. All of the uh, the buxom waitresses would be so sad. I didn't lose any of my three eyes. Yes. Good. So, I have a question, Zanatari. Is this the St. Pam of legend and lore and duck magnets, or is this another... No, this is duck magnets. Duck is... magnets. Welcome. Welcome, St. Pam. Um, you tend to think sometimes, Cesar, in the past you've mentioned, if you've ever thought of trapping something, that possibly there'd only be one or two traps... Do you kind of want to think about maybe going back and seeing if you maybe uh, up that number? Or I don't do you know what, want uh, what, Carl? I'm not sure what you just said. Like, I, I heard you. I don't understand. Okay. Um, you presume that you've made, or a version of you has made, this construct. Right. Uh, a couple of times in the past, you have trapped things. Right. I think there was a, an occasion where you had done one or two. Okay. If somehow you made this, mm-hmm. the trap on the inside is one or potentially two traps. Do you want to go back and try to open the door fully again, thinking perhaps that there may not be another trap? Um... So what, did the door close again, or? It's kind of started to swing shut. Okay. So, like, I could I could approach it again, like, ostensibly without being whipped in the face from this wire? Yes, the, the, the whipping appears to have stopped. Is there a handle on the door? Like, what uh, kind yes. of handles on it? Okay. Um, kind of like a rounded... Right. Cesar will approach, and this time, with caution, he'll, uh 
tie some rope to the handle. Okay. And then back up and try to pull the door open that way. Okay. Is anybody in the direct path of the door? Hell no. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Yes, Carl. Embracing the attitude. Okay. Um, opening the door, there is a torrent of flaming gel and fire. Okay. Napalm. Yep. Um, that explodes out from the chest cavity. Sort of like there has been a grievous chest wound and it just went blur. The guts? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, and basically because we've been working on this for nearly an hour and we're going to keep going until we're done, uh, I'll spare everyone making rolls, but um, none of you are for once damaged, or in Cesar's case, additionally damaged. But you are standing amongst various patches of burning scrubland. Great. And the forest is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> part of the... Like uh, Greek fire everywhere we go. Yeah. Um, thank goodness it was pointed away from there, because otherwise, yeah, it would have taken that uh, that forest up. So good luck on, good luck on the, green, the Greek fire. Don't step on it. But the um, hatch has locked, appears to have locked open, Cesar. Okay, and there's nothing but, whipping around or further spitting out or anything? Not at this moment, but I am going to go and ask Xanatari uh, first and then Carl for their reactions, if any, or actions. Um, have we seen the Maker's Mark on this uh, Tin Man? No. On Cutie? No. No, so we don't know that Cesar made it, okay. You, you have been to the front of it, you have not seen... Okay, uh, so I'm going to assume that this is just being his usual artificer, tinkerer, and interested in things, and probably, you know, go to the side of wherever he is, looking over his shoulder, and, you know, inquire, you know, like, Cesar, what is this, and why do you keep poking at it when clearly it is, uh, still able to do some damage? Why, why don't we just leave now when this is safe? What's what are you doing? Well, uh, as I said, there's a this this mark back here that that seems to indicate that I uh, was involved in the creation of this wh- whenever that was uh, or whenever that will be, maybe I should say. Um, so, uh, you know, as with many of the things that have uh, come to us from the future past area, I thought it might be of use uh, and uh, does seem to be a way to get inside. So. Uh, I don't know if maybe we can control it or use it, or if there's something waiting for us in there. I think it would be wise to, to check it out. It seemed to know me, so if you created it, that would make a little more sense. I believe I did. Uh, what's Winter doing, Dungeon Master? Um, winter, has, winter has seen Greek fire up close. Greek <laughs> fire is not good for Winter. Um, winter is going to be trying to make... Um, her way up towards you. I think it's a her or is it a he? I forget. I think it's a he. Make his way up towards you in sort of the I'm tough, but mom, okay. why is the ground burning? But it's not showing any recognition. Like before, I mean, I, future me sent winter, so I don't know if future Cesar had this, uh, whatever whatever this is, the, the cutie uh, back then, and then winter would somehow have recognition. So apparently there's no like, well, recognition there for him. 
actually, that's not quite correct because you notice that Winter is focused entirely on you and ignoring the creature. Okay. Okay. Then uh, I'm going to just back up a little bit and comfort Winter, pet his head and fur, and try to keep him from inadvertently uh, setting himself on fire or, you know, burning his, his fur. Okay. Carl? Carl would stand clear of the fire and uh, shout to Cesar, uh, I don't... Excuse me, sir, but what, why are you picking at this thing? It seems to have worked just fine. <laughs> now if you've killed it, look, there's machine blood all over the place. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it'll function just fine if, if I know me, which I, uh, I guess I do. Uh, that's uh, not going to be, uh, you know, uh, crucial to the con- the the uh, operation of the cr- the creature, the creation, or whatnot. Okay. Not to worry. Okay, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. Uh huh. Okay. Um, at a, an appropriately dramatic moment, uh, there is a faint creaking. <laughs> And almost with sort of a last guess, uh, vestige of steam and and sound, the um, construct starts to pitch forward a little bit as if, you know, the the mortal warrior finally going down to dramatically fall into the dirt. But it is caught on the edge of its open door and stop so it's kind of at a uh, at an angle to the ground pinned there by its door and you hear a uh, sound as if something is on rollers very quickly out pops a large ornate chest <laughs> you large ruined boss. its dramatic samurai death Caesar. how could you do that maybe I caused it did you ever think about that <laughs> This is a large. This is a large box. It would have taken up a good deal of volume um, within the chest cavity. Okay. And it looks beautiful. Scissor, this is uh, this is your machine. I'm I'm not reaching in there. Oh, I am. Let's take a look. Okay. Scissor takes a look. <laughs> All right. Carl goes behind him and looks over his shoulder. Zenitari okay. watches Cesar to make sure he doesn't pawn whatever he finds in the box. Okay. Pawn it. Um, a couple moments after the chest comes out, also uh, a couple sapphires and a few diamonds and a couple other gems um, come bouncing out as well. Loose. Yep. Yay! Real treasure hunt. <laughs> you do notice by the way, um, <laughs> Carl, roll a perception check. All right. Let's, uh, it's uh twelve. Just roll roll a d twenty. Add twelve again. <laughs> okay, so twenty four. Um, as you're looking over the shoulder, you realize that the edge of the door that is impaled into the ground, the second skeletal hand has been crushed upon the pointed edge of that. So we have one with the tree, one with the thing. So apparently it, it you know, 
It really, really hates uh, yes. necromancy of any sort. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Oh, and by the way, you are not sensing necromancy at this point in time. Well, I hope not. The thing's been crushed and smashed and beaten and hit with doors and Greek fire. I mean, really. Even the undead have a point. Yeah. All right. Loot time. Yay! The last time we did uh, major loot time, people got to pick their stuff. Mm. So we are saying that this is probably a two-foot by four-foot box. Mm-hmm. Maybe two, three feet deep. Wow. That's large. Zentari. Yep. What would someone of uh, your nature hmm. like to find in there? As if passed down as an heirloom or... Hmm. I want something that will enable us to search for traps. Xanatari does not have any sort of athletic skill or any sort of you know, dexterity. Uh, she's not overly subtle. I need the things that would make a rogue a good thing, but apparently the party's going to need this this uh, concept soon because we seem to just get blown up left and right. So I don't know if there's some sort of a device or a ring or some sort of you know medallion or something that would at least sort of get like a warm feeling or some indication that there is a need for caution because I think that's a, a need that's going to have to be filled soon. Okay. There is. Inside of there, a um, what looks to be a gold chain or a gold ribbon. And it's quite long. It would be a, sort of the thing that you would wrap at your, starting at your wrist, mm-hmm. and then wrap in some sort of crazy pattern or whatever. I couldn't do it like Lieutenant Worf all across the front of my body? No, because in this case, it would how it would probably wind up looking would be sort of if a lightning bolt had driven itself into the earth, that sort of crazy pattern or whatever mm. you get from the glass, you know, dirt having fused in the glass. Yes. Kind of that sort of deal. Okay, so I'll wrap it on my arm then. Xena Warrior Princess style. Okay. And you find that it would fit under your armor. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, you're not quite sure why you know, but you kind of feel like you really should not reach into that chest cavity. Hmm. Okay. Cool. I'm going to indicate that to the others. Like, I don't know what this is yet. I've just picked it up. I guess I put it on because it's pretty. Um, but now I'm getting that feeling, so I'm going to tell Cesar, you know. Cesar, I have a feeling, I have a bad feeling about that inside that chest cavity of the of cutie. I think um, we should be very careful if you intend to go exploring for parts. There's something funny about that. Funny, uh, funny how? Funny in a dangerous, funny like, uh, hey, wasn't that interesting that your hand got chopped off kind of way. Hmm. You didn't get that sense from the, uh, the door that, uh, almost blew me up and cut me to pieces? No, I had no, uh, I've never had this feeling before. It's new. Okay. Um, is that me specifically, or anybody? I think the the cavity itself is, is concerning me. I don't know, uh, I don't think it has any specific, you know, reference to you. Okay. I'm just telling you because it's yours, and you're the one likely to stick your hand in there. 
Uh, yeah, I was certainly planning on it. Yeah. More than my hand, probably. <laughs> Wouldn't want to have to see a repeat of uh, of what's his face with the poor beheading uh, statue moment. Oh, by the way, um, now that you're doing some closer introspection, the length of the chest seems longer than the actual body would dictate the compartment to be. A chest is a bag of holding. Okay. Okay, I've done my due diligence. Okay. There is some interesting jewelry and other gold items in there that uh, appear to bear the wax seal of your church. Ooh, okay. Then if everyone doesn't care and they match my holy symbol, I'm going to add them to the rosary I'm building. Okay. Um, and by the way, is there any other sort of knick-knack or whatever that might be of interest? I don't know. I still have a ring that's undefined. I think I have bracers that give me a plus to strength. I don't remember if we got new boots. I was complaining about it, but I can't honestly remember on the shopping trip last time if there was something special about that um, or not. Nope. Um, inside, though, there is a nice pair of uh, boots. Well, then I'm going to see if they fit me or anyone else, and I'm going to try to claim them. They are mostly tailored for you. Well, then I'm definitely going to claim them. Um, but it doesn't quite fit perfectly, but it definitely seems to be more geared for you. But it's definitely a military-style boot. They're women's shoes? Cool, I'm done with that. They would, they'd, they'd be heading for the knee. Okay. All right. Uh, Cesar. Yes? You see her starting to pick stuff out. Anything, first of all, that you would want that would be of use? Um, it's actually, it's funny, it's actually kind of related to uh, Xanatari's in that it was maybe a little bit inspired by what just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily related to traps, but <clears throat> to just opening things in general. Um, you know, Cesar sometimes needs to get into things, whether it's to see how they work, or to take something for his own. Mm-hmm. Um a better way to uh, get into things. He's not much for one of brute force. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe a, a way to sort of make it easier for him to gain access he in other places. skeleton keys. Yeah, or something. Okay. There is a rod of some sort of metal. It's about three feet long. <laughs> Always the old man has all the rods. Sun rods, these rods. What are you trying to say there, Dungeon Master? There is a sort of forked end, and there is another one that is kind of curved as if um, it would be a scorpion-style tail. Kind of heavy. Imagine yourself a crowbar. Mm -hmm. You're doing pretty good. Cool. Um, The effects of it to be determined. Yep. But um, you get a feeling that there is more hidden in that crowbar, kind of like a different sort of jackknife things that uh, there a, of use. Is there a gravity gun in there too? No, there is not. <laughs> but you get the feeling based on the metal in your hand. Mm-hmm. 
it's awfully similar metal to what the creature is. And for this particular door, if you had to pry it open, it would be perfectly set to do the task. Mm-hmm. So whether that is its final form or not, you do not know, but there's something in the back of your mind going, hmm. Right. Okay. okay. Cool. Is there any other sort of item that might be of interest? Um, a nice rain hat. <laughs> okay. Like Orko? Uh, nope. Not like Orko. Okay. Specifically, nothing <laughs> like Orko. You can get a scarf out of it, too, if you go for it. You can get three items, not two. <laughs> Absolutely nothing like Orko. <laughs> Come on. Carl, roll a d20. Danatari. <laughs> High or low? Low. Call it. Okay, before you tell the number, is it... So you're saying low for Orco Hat? Of course. Okay. Carl. It's a 17. High. Oh! <laughs> Could have gone so well with your rainbow bow. Cesar, you find yourself a nice rain hat. Nice. You also find one bag of gems and other bits bearing your maker's mark. But you also find a book that is, uh, for the moment, sealed shut. How? You don't know. Just, like, looks like a book, but I can't open it? Yep. As if it were, like, glued shut? Yep. Okay. Does it have a title or a cover or anything? A book jacket? A Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper cover? At the moment, no. Okay. So it's just a, like a hard cover. Is it leather bound? <clears throat> yes. Okay. Um, but it's just blank. It would look really nice and good up on a podium. Okay. But it's still shot. Yeah. Yes. The okay. pages you realize, though, the outside are... Zantari, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it is it gilded when the edges have that coloring? They are gilded in um, either a gold color or colors of the elements. So red for fire, blah, 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 that sort of thing. So it's kind of this rainbow pattern. Purple for osmium? (laughs) No, basically four elements. (laughs) All right, so I get to pick four. All right, let's go tin, um, (laughs) californium. Carbon, pick carbon! (laughs) You were trying to get me to look like what's his face? <laughs> Orco. No. Orco, that's one of the elements. Orconium. Mm-hmm. Hey, Carl. No. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, yes. Hey, Carl. Do you think there'd be something in that chest for you? Because because you, you're, you're you're seeing this beautiful box, like, you know, and, and your dad your dad and your mom were doing some some lumber work and stuff, but you've never seen a box this fine before. And they're pulling stuff out of it like it, you know, was no big deal. I think Carl would be very interested in the box itself after it's empty, and if he can lift it, he'll try to take it with him. It's like a small coffin, man. You can't carry a well, small he's coffin. he's very strong. <laughs> He's like a child. Run, run the, behind us in the coffin. All the kids ever want to do is play with the box. I guess that's 
Okay. Would there possibly be an item in there that he would find either of interest or curiosity or usefulness? Yeah, maybe he had left his necklace with the color star, and he wasn't aware of this, but his necklace was actually his implement that uh, amplified his ranged attacks while gripping it uh, when angry. So maybe there would be some necklace or some kind of symbol there that he reminds him of his new view on things, like a yin-yang symbol that um, unifies uh, violence and peacefulness or something. Okay. You do find, um, as you pick it up and you're kind of exploring things, there's a lodged in one of the corners, um, kind of hidden, scrolled away, you will find such a necklace. Ooh. Oh, uh, look here, I found something something re- really nice. Uh, who of you both want it? <laughs> you can keep it, Carl. Oh, <laughs> oh thank you, miss, thank you. <laughs> and he bows to Sanitary and smiles. <laughs> she would laugh hysterically seeing him pick up this gigantic box. Okay. And yes, uh, you will be able to take the box along if you want. It'll be quite awkward and you'll have to figure that out. But we shall do that another day. Any closing comments for right now? Cesar? Um, Cesar uh, tries on his hat. It's not raining. He keeps it on a little longer than um, you know maybe necessary. Still while maybe uh, poking around the... Uh, the construct. He will heed Xanatari's advice and not go into the, the cavity itself at this okay. time at least. Sort of taking a look at its construction. Cesar, mm. there is one issue. Is there? Yes. It is a rain hat. Your fashion choices leave much As you put it hat. on, a drizzle starts to fall <laughs> mm-hmm. about you. Your, your head and your shoulders. However, kind of glancing up, you realize you have the hat inside out. Do you wish to correct that? Oh, shoot. Hmm. Okay. Try to correct that. Okay. (laughs) Turning it over, you are now feeling dry. (coughs) About you, though, um, there is uh, condensation Mm -hmm. here and there, like it is freshly rained Mm -hmm. upon the hat. Occasionally, there will be a wisp of uh, fog or something coming off of it. Mm-hmm. But you are not noticing right now the effects of the sun above. Okay. All right. SPF cool. 50 hat. <laughs> he's an old man. He's got that pasty <laughs> white skin. Yes, okay. now he's got a grumpy old man hat. It's perfect. Carl, any final comments? Um, Carl would, while uh, the other ones um, check out their uh, new toys, <laughs> I think he'd probably try to climb inside the box and see if he fits in there. <laughs> it's his new spaceship. It's a transmogrifier. <laughs> He's prepared fire. for when he dies in the party. We could just oh, put him right little, in and nail it. This is where we find out that he's actually inflicted with uh, lycanthropy le- le- and um, he's a cat. <laughs> oh. All right, so um, seeing one of your party members trying to now climb into this box to claim it as his home as a hermit's crab, 
you know, there are hermetic monks, but uh, he's definitely taking this one to a new, a new level. Um, Zanatari, do you have anything to say or add to the closure of this scene? Uh, next, you know, when we have some time after this, I'm sure that uh, Cesar will be interested in the cavity of, uh, of Cutie, so she'll be prepared for that. Kind of wondering if she still has that uh, collar on her anywhere that shrunk things from the drow, because that would be hilarious to put around the box to shrink it so that Cole could find it and she could carry it around. You, you'd have to probably drill through the box to, to link it through, because it won't actually go around the box and still allow it to open. Uh, um, okay, so after, I think this is going to be the eighth episode in the Kalashtar series... This storyline is done. We will now pick up with another storyline going forward and so forth. But uh, congratulations to all three of you. And for those who have listened to the entire series, this one's been a lot of fun. I only thought it was going to go maybe an episode or two. But, uh, well, you know, when you're not planning things and it's all improv, stuff kind of happens and it takes on its own sort of life. So, with that praise heaped upon it, the fact that we are out of alcohol for the temporary time being, and I'm going to move to my birch gear. <laughs> 50 points to Gryffindor. Xanatari, take us out. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at deathd4dishonor.com. Find us on iTunes or follow us on Twitter at deathd4. Please take a listen to the Great Area Podcast, where I interview developers in the gaming industry and find out about their inspirations at genesee.com. And stay tuned for a worldwide adventure every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, currently. We do this every Friday for about an hour or sometimes two. So uh, catch us on Twitch. Make sure you uh, subscribe or follow, whatever that is, and uh, get notifications. So, yay. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Off you to Zen.